0: As far as prayer request is concerned, Uh, you have your Bibles, turn with me to the first Kings, the, the 19th chapter of first Kings. Let's all stand as we honor God's word by standing first Kings, the 19th chapter, and I'm going to begin reading in the ninth verse and I'm going to read through the 16th verse. And he came thither unto a cave, and lodged there, and behold, the word of the Lord came to him, and he said unto him, What doest thou here, Elijah? And he said, I have been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts, for the children of, of Israel have forsaken thy covenant, thrown down thine altars, and stained And slain thy prophets with the sword, and even I only am left, and they seek my life to take it away. And he said, go forth and stand upon the mountain, the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind rent the mountains, and break in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind And after that, after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. Now those are odd statements now. Really they are. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still small voice. And it was so when Elijah heard it that he wrapped his face in the mantle and went out and stood in the entering of the cave and behold, there came a voice unto him and said, What doest thou hear, Elijah? And he said, I have been very jealous for the Lord God and, and, and of hosts because the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant, thrown down thy altars, and slain thy prophets with the sword. And I, even I only, am left that they seek my life to take it away. And the Lord said unto him, Go, return on the way to the wilderness of, of, of Damascus. I'm sorry, Damascus. And and when they cometh, I'm sorry, when thou comest, anoint uh, Hazael to be king over Syria. And Jehu the son of Nim- Nimshi shalt thou anoint to be king over Israel. And e- Elisha the son of Shaphath, the, uh, uh Ab- shall thou anoint to be prophet in the, in the room. The most gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you again for this day. Thank you for the blessings of it. Thank you, Lord, for the time we have together. Lord, I just pray that you'll help us today. Help me, Lord, as I attempt to preach these words and, uh, and to read these texts and, the things that uh, I need extra help right now, Lord, and I pray that you'll help me in all things, Lord, and I pray that you'll uh, forgive me, Lord, for the things that I do that I shouldn't do and Lord, I pray that uh, uh, that you'll give me the grace I need to preach, the grace I need to believe, the grace I need to to live, and then eventually the grace I need to die Lord, I pray that you'll you'll give me those graces today. And Lord, take care of us, Lord, for it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you. you may be seated. <clears throat> faithful Elijah. This is the fifth and in, and in, uh, in the last sermon that we'll have on faithful Elijah. But I want you to uh The last verse there, I'm not going to try to read it again because I can't pronounce some of those uh, words, but if if you, if you go on and read in the 20th verse, 20th chapter, you will find that uh, the 20th chapter is the beginning of Elisha and and his reign as, as prophet, uh, uh, taking Elijah's place. And so, but we will be preaching some on Elisha. Uh, uh probably next couple of weeks now where where are we now uh, for some of you that hadn't been here you know this is all going to be new to you because uh because I've been have had a sequence of messages all the way starting back about 4 4 weeks ago and and this cuz this is the fifth message uh that we have preached for well, 5 weeks ago this is the fifth message that we have preached on the faithful Elijah and so you're going to be kind of lost on this but listen to this and I want to say this before I get started today I want everybody to read the words of wisdom I want everybody to read it because it pertains I tell you when I when I came across that that message that uh, that um, Charles Spurgeon preached on uh um, when he preached on, on on the uh the monster of life that's what he called it the monster of life and down there at the end of that thing you will find that I stated in there that the monster of life is money and uh and and you know and read it read it. I mean read it and read it and read it and read it because it's us it's us you know, when we've got enough money, we can go places and miss church and we've got too much. And we, we, when we got enough money that we can stay out of church and go other places, then we, we've got too much. And that's exactly what Charles Spurgeon, I wished I could have printed the whole message, but of course, you know, it would have been taking probably two hours to read it, the whole message. But, uh, but the whole message was about People who have the money to go and, and forsake the Lord have enough money that they can forsake the Lord. And, and that's the monster of life. And, and we got it. That's where, that's where we are right now. That's where, that's, we're, we're right there right now. So read it. Because he talks about it there in those, that, that one, uh, uh, well, two paragraphs actually, paragraph and a half of, of that message that I put in the uh, uh, words of wisdom, and you'll find it right there. But uh, God's always talking about faithfulness. He, The Bible is full, I mean literally full, of faithfulness. You know, God expects His children to be faithful. You know, we, we might say, well, we've got other things to do. Or as as a, one of the favorite things that people say, well, I planned this a long time ago you had too much money or you wouldn't have planned it, you know, and I'm telling you folks, that's the way it is. And, and, uh, that's exactly what Spurgeon is says in that whole message. If you could read the whole message of what he preached there in that monster of life, then you would realize that, uh, uh, that, that, that's, that's the problem we have right now. You know, if, you know, people, have so much money, they have to plan other things to do, and ten nine times out of ten, they're gonna plan it to where they don't have to be in church, and that's the sad part about it. it really is the sad part about it. I'm I'm just an old preacher that don't have much time left, so you can get mad at me if you want to. That's fine with me. But anyway, when we talk about faithful Elijah, you know, uh, uh, we we're, we're to the point of where on the strength of of the heaven sent meat. Eliza reached Mount Horeb. He had nothing to do but wait on the Lord. When he got there, he had nothing to do but wait on the Lord. Lord never told him why he was going, going. The Lord just told him to get to the, the Mount of God, which is Mount Horeb. He told him to get to the Mount of God and he, all he had to do when he finally arrived was just sit there and wait. You know, when we go on a trip, You know, we know what the ending of that trip's gonna be if everything goes well. And we know what the beginning of the trip's gonna be when we come back. And we know what's, what's waiting on us when we come back. But Elijah was following strictly, mainly nothing else but God. And that's what made him a faithful Elijah. Because he was, he was following God. He wasn't following other people's ideals. Other people's, uh, uh, innuendo, other, other people's, uh, uh, instructions and, and he wasn't following that. He was following God and when he got to, he, he got there, he, he looked around himself and he realized he was there, but he didn't, he really didn't know where he was. He really didn't know where he was. He didn't know why he was there. Because two times in this, God asked him, why are you here? Elijah, Two times. He didn't say it exactly like that, but the way the scripture says it is a little differently. So he he just waited. He waited. Elijah reached Mount Horeb. He had nothing to do but wait on the Lord. It is said, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and shall not, and, and I'm sorry, they shall run. And, and not be weary and they shall walk and not faint. That's what, uh, Isaiah, uh, uh, 40 and verse 31 says. You know, and, and those that wait on the Lord. Have you ever, have you ever tried it in your life? You, you know the Lord wants you to do something and then you come. I, it's, it's happened to me. I'm not preaching anything to you today that hadn't happened to me. It happened to me when I knew the Lord was wanting me to come to Georgia. I didn't know why. I had no, absolutely no reason why the Lord wanted me to come to Georgia. And, and let me tell you folks, I was pastoring a church that was growing. Calvary Baptist Church went from three women and two children to they had 81 people, 81 members who called Brother Tony Vance as a full-time pastor after I left. They begged and pleaded with me. Even had one lady that called me to her house and she said, she said, I know you've done made up your mind and I, I do, I do believe the Lord's calling you, but I want you to know you're in my will. And I said, are you trying to convince me not to go? She said, well, if it will, she said, yeah. And come to find out when she died, she left brother Tony Vance a million dollars. Now what do you think about that? What do you think about that? She not only left him a million dollars, but she left him a mansion that she owned where he lived. It was an old, it was an old southern mansion. But she was trying to convince me not to go but I knew that the Lord wanted me to come to Georgia And when I got to Georgia, I loaded up Ron and I flew down here. We found a place to live and then we uh uh Then when we uh I got down here And I just stood Down there. We bought it the same house we're living in right now. We bought it 43 years ago and uh and I just stood there and I said, what now, Lord? Why am I here? Why am I here? And my little daughters was saying, why are we here, daddy? Why do we come down here? Why do we come here? You know, Emily, Emily knows what it is to come home. She knows what it is. And, and, uh, Emily's tickled to death to be what, to what she calls home. But I said, why am I here? Well, he asked Elijah three, two times, why are you here? Elijah didn't know. He didn't know how to answer God. He knew, he he did not know. So he said, uh, if we wait on the Lord, Which the previous Elijah didn't do and he was rebuked for it. He was rebuked for not waiting on the Lord. He tried to run out ahead of the Lord. He was rebuked for it or he is going to be rebuked for it because the Lord didn't tell him to run from Jezebel but he did because he was afraid. You know a lot of times we do a lot of things because we're afraid that somebody is not going to like what we're doing. Some family member, some friend is not going to like what we're doing, and so we, we we get afraid of it. If we just wait on the Lord and realize why he wants us to do a thing, same way here at Landmark Baptist Church. You know, we, uh, I mentioned about the Thanksgiving dinner, and there wasn't too much enthusiasm here. I'm going to have to say there wasn't a lot of enthusiasm here. About the dinner. But boy, it was a wonderful time. When we finally came, when it finally came, everything just fell in place, just like it was. Everything just fell in place. The people went out of their way to, to, to bring us a, a good, a good dinner. We had a good dinner and you're going to finish it off this, today. And if you didn't get to eat it yesterday, you're going to get to eat some of it today. So you, Neil, you didn't miss a thing. And uh, Neil sitting up there saying he never got any of it, but he did because Becky took him a big plate of it. But anyway, uh, Elijah didn't wait on the Lord when it came to fleeing from Jezebel. It wasn't. It wasn't until the Lord didn't tell him when to go to Mount. He just said, "Go to Mount Horb." But man, he ran to Mount Horb. Why? Because he was scared to death. Read the text I just read to you. I know I have a problem seeing now in these days, but uh, I, I can't read the text like I don't want to read them, like I used to be able to read it. But but just, just read the text, and you'll find that the Lord asked him in the text, that said, are you running from somebody? I'm just paraphrasing it now. Are you running from somebody? Why are you here? You know, God knew why he wanted him to go to Mount Horb. And you're going to find that out as this message goes along here today. God knew why he wanted him to. Elijah still had Jezebel's note in, in his mind. When he got to Mount Horeb, he still had that note in his mind where Jezebel threatened. She said, I've killed the rest of them, and I'm going to kill you too. And he still had that in his mind. Verse 10. You read that in verse 10 of our text. What an explanation to give to God for the reason he was still thinking of Jezebel's letter. God had brought him... Through drought, God had brought him through a uh, 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 famine at, at, at Brook uh, Sherith. God cared for him in Zarephath, had given him food for strength to go 40 days and 40 nights to Horeb. Now he must try and explain to God why he was still afraid of Jezebel. Why he was still afraid of Jezebel. You know, what is there to fear? What, what, what's the Bible say? And some of you better learn this because you're getting on dangerous ground. You're, you're living on dangerous ground right now. You don't realize it. But let me tell you, folks, why was it? The Bible says the fear of man brings a snare. God knew this. Elijah didn't know this. God knew this. God knew that the fear of man brings a, why should we fear any man? You better fear God. You shouldn't fear any man. You shouldn't fear what people's going to say to you. You shouldn't fear what a family member's going to say to you and, and such and such as this. You should realize that. You shouldn't fear those things. Does this not sound like most of us today? Are we not just as afraid of the next episode when God just brought us through the last one? I could ask, how many of you here have been have been saved? And I, and if you if you know what you're talking about, you can know when you were saved. You can know how you were saved. You can know all those things, but then why should we fear something now when God has, God brought us through that. I tell you, one of the most fearful times of my life was when God was convicting me of sin. Now, I'm going to tell you, that was one of the most fearful things of my life. When God began to convict me of my sin and, 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 and showing me how sinful a person I was. I jumped on my motorcycle. I had an old chopped down Harley. I jumped on that motorcycle and I rode it through those mountains. I got up to 105 miles an hour in the mountains. Just, just wishing. I was wishing that the next curve I went around, hell would be right there and I could ride right on into it. That's the kind of person I was because I was under conviction. I was running from God. I was running from God. I was running from whatever God had. And as Rhonda will tell you, the same thing happened to me when God called me to come to Georgia. I ran from God. Tried to come up with every example, everything I could to keep from coming. I, I, I even tried to buy a house and couldn't buy one. God wouldn't let me settle down. Up there in the Holy Land, that is Kentucky, God wouldn't let me settle down he would not he would not let me settle down cause just as soon as I tried to settle down i real- I, it would come to me, well, you're not going to be here long? <clears throat> had a man one day at McDonald's he said uh, "I would like to have the money to just buy me a little piece of ground." I said, you're going to have a little piece of ground for one day. It's going to be six feet deep. And I don't remember how, how long they are and how wide they are, but you're going to have a piece of ground one day because they're going to bury you in it. You know why, why, why are things here? You know, it, it's good to be able to walk on top of the ground, but it's going to be a terrible thing when they have to bury you in the ground. Think about, think about this for a moment. You know what Horb means? Horb means the place of God's revelation. It's the place of God's revelation. Do we realize it was Horb where the unconsumed bush was a fire in Moses' day? It was Mount Horb. Do we also Realize it was in this very cave that Moses stood while the glory of Jehovah, God passed by him, just like happened to Elijah. The glory of God, when he came out of that cave, what, what did he see? He saw the glory of God passing by him. How many of you have ever seen the glory of God passing by you? How many, how many of you have ever seen that? The, the beautiful glory of God passing by you. And God, God's showing off himself to you. You'll say, well, I've never had God show off himself to, then you better go back and examine. Because let me tell you folks, God will show off himself to you. He'll do it. He'll do it. If it's, if it's not, if it's not, if it's not giving you something that you need really, really good and taking care of you in a sickness or even, even in near death, Then you'll see the glory of God pass by you we've got some folks that were members of this church that they've seen the glory of God pass by they've seen it pass by sister Deborah brother uh uh I can't remember his name one down in Glenwood what the? i'm I'm telling y'all this y'all was going to have to Brother, brother Gay, and then the other brother that came here—they've seen the glory of God pass by them. Brother Moody, Moody. God put God put them in a place where He saw the glory. They saw the glory of God passing by. Brother Ed, Ed. just numbers of them. Brother Elmer Fountain—he was never a member here, but he came here a lot. Brother Brother Vanny Gibbs. They've seen the glory of God pass. When, when when Elijah came out of that cave, was underground, when he came out of that cave, he saw the glory of God pass him. When Moses came out of that same cave that Elijah was in, he saw the glory of God pass by. That, that's a picture of the resurrection. Now, I'm not going to get into that this morning because that's a different message. But that's a very picture of the resurrection day. You'll say, well, I haven't seen the glory of God. You will. If you're saved, you're going to see it someday pass by and you're going to know what it, what it is and what it means. God has sent him to Horeb so as to reveal to him his last line of duty. Jehovah God told Moses when Moses came out of that cave he says i will make all my goodness pass before thee and i will proclaim the name of the lord before thee and will be gracious to whom i will be gracious and will show mercy to whom i will show mercy not everybody sees the glory of god never sees them what they see is they see the the wretched the wretched uh uh torrents uh of of hail. They don't see the glory of God passing. If you're here and lost today, you're not saved. You'll never see the glory of God passing until the Lord saves you. Then you'll see the glory of God pass. You'll see the glory of God pass. Oh, if we could just pray down the beautiful glory of God before us even now. We have a circle, and we'll have a circle today if we could just pray down the glory of God and and pass by us. We don't know what's going to happen, Brother Gary. We know what's going to happen. I may die right there in that circle. You may die right there in that circle. But we'll know the the glory of God has passed by us. Just like uh, the lady that came to the house wanted me to pray for I prayed for her. I got down on my knees and I prayed for her right there and, and she, she held onto my hands. And she said, uh, she said, don't y'all have some kind of a healing service? I said, no, we don't. I said, we have a circle of prayer where we pray, but I said, it's not a healing service, but she was wanting to come and be wanting us to heal her in our circle of prayer. And I said, it's not going to work. But if we could just pray down the glory of God, then we could, it would work. Everything's gonna work. The old pastor might get to go on to heaven. Some of you may have things in your life that that you just want to get rid of. But when the glory of God comes down, you'll know that those things are taken care of. Let me make a promise to you today. Go to the house of God. As Elijah went to the Mount of God. Now we talked about that. Some of you might wonder why I've been off on this thing of being in church when you should be. That's why. Because let me tell you folks. You go to the house of God as you should. and As, as Elijah went to Mount Horb. The Mount of God as God told him. And you'll see what wonders will be found. What wonders will be found. most, most glorious and wonderful thing ever was. All of you have seen a lot. You know, I know, I've been to Disney, there's just so much down there to look at. I looked at it in three days and I got tired of it. And I didn't go out the fourth and fifth day. But let me tell you folks, there's nothing like seeing what God does for his people in the house of God. You, you're in a most wonderful place right now and you don't realize. Oh, you may have been some up North Georgia somewhere last Sunday. I don't know. Well, I look at Facebook. I see Facebook. I see where you are and what you're doing when you should be in the Lord's house. You just, what wonderful things happens when you're in God's house and when you're, when you're, uh, when, when you're, uh, uh God hasn't forsaken you. This generation of Christians don't come to God's house seeking God, but they come to socialize with friends and family. They don't come seeking God. Listen, folks, I come today seeking that God is going to perform a miracle today. You might say, well, is he going to? You don't know. I'll never know. I'll never know like I get to heaven someday. You, if you've ever influenced people as far as your testimony and your witness is concerned, you'll never know how many people you influence till you get to heaven. when God you know, gives you that crown and it's it, it's got the jewels in it, then you're going to know how many people you influenced i've al- I've always said you know. You know, I know when Sister Deborah passed away, I made a statement. I said she was a jewel in my crown. Some of you are too. Let me tell you, folks. I won't say this. Not everybody goes to heaven when they die. More go to hell than goes to heaven. I can tell you that because the Bible says that. Many are called, but only a few are chosen. Jehovah God asked Elijah a burning question. He said, uh, he said, what dost thou hear, Elijah? Why are you here, Elijah? Elijah just dumbfounded. He didn't know what to say. He says down here, he says in the, uh, when God asked him that question in verse 13, he says, Why doest thou hear, Elijah? He said, I have been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts. Why? Because the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant. Throw down thy altars and slain thy prophets. With the sword, I, even I only, am left, and they seek my life to take it away. He'd seen all this, but he says, I'm here because somebody's seeking my life to take it away. Why are you afraid, Elijah? All this, you just, you just, you just slew 850 false prophets why are you here, Elijah? He said, I'm afraid. I'm afraid because there's one that has killed all the prophets, and she seeks my life. I'm just paraphrasing. And she seeks my life. And, and God, I, I, can, I can just about visualize what God was thinking then. God was saying, no, you're not here for that reason. You'll find out this afternoon while Eli- why Elijah was there. But you will have to realize it. Uh, Elijah didn't know why he was here. He thought he was there because he was fleeing for his life. Was Elijah there to sternly beckon the people to stand firm for God that he would be with them as he was with Elijah in Carmel? Was he there for that reason? Was Elijah there because he was afraid of the wicked woman? And needed more upholding than ever. Jehovah God wanted to know. God will not answer people who he, I'm sorry, God will not answer people who him haul around and never let God know why they're where they are. You know, you know, you can look around you somewhere. Why am I here? I've, I've I've gone to football games, and uh, wind up witnessing to bunches of people, because I'm sitting there wondering why am I here? Why am I here? Look at all these people. Why am I here? Why can't I preach to all these people? Why am I here? All the hordes of people. You know, i go I go places. And I want all the hordes of people that are there. Why can't I preach to all these people, Lord? God will not answer people who hem haul around and never let God know why they are where they are. Let me ask you today, why are you here? Why did you decide to come today? You don't come very often, but why did why did you decide to come today? I'm not speaking now. You know I'm not speaking to everybody here. We got people here who are faithful every Sunday. But why are you here today? 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 I got one more thing I want to bring out, and I'm going to let you go for lunch. It was Moses who entered into God's presence with the rod in his hand, and Jehovah God asked Moses, "What is in thy hand?" And he said, "A rod." And Jehovah God. Jehovah God used the rod to convince Moses that he was one. He was the one that was chosen to lead his people out of bondage. What did Moses do with that rod? He threw it down. It turned into the same thing that the the, the, those false uh, 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 people did. He turned it into the same thing. One time he turned. He threw it down. It turned into a snake. But that rod that Moses was using was eventually put in. Put in with the the things that God had preserved from that day. Was eventually there. That rod was important. Moses, why have you got that rod? know. Why I got that rod, I don't even know how I got it. He said, throw it down. He threw it down. He threw it down. Let me ask you, and I'm going to close this morning. What did you bring to church today? You might say, I brought myself. God can convince you today that he has special things for you to do. He can do it you say I brought myself what did you bring today with you let me tell you there's things that can be used for the Lord and for his honor and his glory you can be used for the Lord for his honor and his glory but you've got to make yourself available to be used you have got to have God say why are you here why are you here Do you need to be saved? Are you not saved? Why are you here? I tell you, we're gonna sing a song before we close out this part of the message. And I'm gonna ask Brother Reggie if he would come and Sister Carmen. We're gonna we're gonna close out a song here. And I wanna know why you here today.